and welcome to the Hard Not Complicated podcast. My name's Aaron Rees. I am your host as well as the founder of Sabertooth Panda, where we show the world why creativity is hard but it isn't complicated. Today I'll be talking to Chris Warden, an old friend of mine and a personal trainer and coach, the founder of Refined Performance. And the reason I decided to invite a personal trainer who deals largely with the physical into uh, into this podcast, onto this podcast, was that I often talk about the relationship or the similarities between physical fitness and creative fitness and uh, performance in physical tasks and performance at creative tasks. And the similarities not only in the patterns we see, but in the kinds of skills, the kinds of um, mental attributes that you will find in common between people who maintain physical fitness and people who maintain creative fitness. So first of all, I wanted to talk to him about that. And then I thought, well, you know, now, uh, Chris is a, a proper science-y, well, geek. He's a science geek. He, he absolutely, he, I don't know of any any other personal trainer who's read quite so many uh, studies as he has. He's really, really into the, the data, the science behind physical fitness. And I wondered if he knew much about the science behind mental fitness as well, because there is a well understood, or at least well known link between physical fitness and uh, mental fitness, and not only when it comes to dealing with things like depression, but just that being physically fit tends to make us perform better uh, at mentally difficult tasks. So I asked him about that, and uh, as as could have been expected and predicted, he went away and dug up a load of studies, and uh, and you're going to hear in our conversation later the amount of uh, of work he's done. Um, to uh, uh, to to understand this, and um, so so he was he's very good value, very good value for this. So I hope you'll enjoy that talk later on. Since we're going to be talking about the relationship between the physical and the mental, I want to take a moment to suggest an exercise you can add to your daily practice and try and build into how you maintain creative fitness. And that is this. Simply, I'd like to ask you to move whilst you're thinking. And that is to say, when you notice during the day that you have a creative problem to solve, or any kind of problem to solve, take a moment to walk around whilst you are thinking about this. Try not to sit, try to move. And what I'd like you to try and notice whilst you're doing that is how your physical movement affects your your mental uh, performance. I think you'll be surprised at how much it does affect you. And what I'm hoping that if you notice that, what I'm hoping that will come out of it is a realization that you have to think holistically when you're trying to to improve your performance in any given area it's not good enough just to say well you know i'm going to deal just with the brain bit just a bit above the neck and ignore the rest of it in the same way as when you're trying to be creative just dealing with data and not dealing with emotions just dealing with information and arguments and not dealing with hunches and feelings 
that will all undermine your performance. So that's the simplest uh, practice I think I've ever suggested to anyone. Simply this, when you have a creative problem to solve, have a walk around the office, have a walk down the road, move. Hey, and if you can, you know, if you're in a gym or there's a gym nearby, go and sit on a, a, uh, an exercise bike. And the stuff that, that we're about to talk about, which will hopefully convince you this is not just uh, some random thought I made up five seconds ago. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Welcome to the Hard Not Complicated podcast. I'm here with my guest today, which is Chris Warden. And Chris is a personal trainer and has recently started his own online personal training and coaching business, which is called Refined Performance. And you can find that at refinedperformance.com. So hello, Chris. Thank you for joining me. Hello, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So um, would you like to, well, first of all, I should tell the audience that, that you and I know each other because we lived together for a brief period of time in Walthamstow. Yeah. Um, yes. And uh, and this was, was back in uh, in our single days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> before you decided to leave London to go all the way to uh, to Dubai um, because, you know, Wolverhampton wasn't sunny enough for you. That's it, yeah. It's a bit grim. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, grim, grim. Wolverhampton is very well, nice. I'm well, sorry to... <laughs> yeah, weather-wise, yeah. Uh, Apologise to any, any Wolverhampton listening. I know you're very proud of Wolverhampton and, uh, and especially um, Little Holland or Tiny Denmark or whatever it is you have. Um, in Walthamstow, it's a it's a big thing. You ask anyone about Little Holland and Walthamstow, they get yeah very irate or happy depending on their perspective. On it. So um, anyway, that's a, that's an aside um, on top of one. Uh, so yeah, uh, so you're here today because um, I wanted to talk a bit more uh, to somebody who really knows what they're talking about when it comes to uh, to to physical fitness because as people who've listened to the podcast before who've read my blogs uh, will know uh, I often relate uh, creative fitness being creatively strong um, to physical fitness because I feel there's a very strong parallel between being you know building up a capacity for creativity and building up a capacity for uh for uh you know being able to run or lift weights or, or whatever other physical um uh, fitness element you're looking at and so yeah you're, you're here to talk a little bit more about that uh before we get on to that do you want to say a little bit more about what refined performance does and, and what it means so what your your perspective on that is uh yeah basically it's just uh site for people to give I give out free information regarding health and fitness anything from you know nutrition to training and other things such as circadian rhythm which relates to sleep mm. and how you perform in line with that uh, also because of this um, I've been researching your creativity and uh, training <laughs> for the brain so I'll uh, after we've finished well probably this week I'll, I'll finish an article and I'll pop that on onto the site so it'll explain things in, in a bit more detail for everyone if they're uh, if they're into that that side of it right so you, so this is where so is you're talking about there the relationship between physical activity and mental fitness yeah but pretty much um the, the relationship between exercise or physical activity and, and creativity is a bit it's hard to measure because it's a social science side mm. of it so it's not really numbers driven uh, there are tests to do it which i've i've read and found but uh, it's more so on the, the health side of it and how 
how training can uh, the brain adapts to training basically which right. i'm sure we'll, we'll get into a bit more in a minute <laughs> yeah as because the stuff that most people probably know about is that uh that physical activity affects uh mood and it's been frequently cited as a as a, a good way to uh to deal with depression um yep. so so i mean i you probably know of the studies better than i do but there's a uh frequently people say that it's as effective as antidepressants um is to simply go for a, a short run uh, every day uh, to, to to boost your mood and i think most people would have experienced that that after you've been to the gym after you've done some kind of vigorous activities um whatever vigorous activity that happens to be um you uh, you often do feel an elevated mood and people also talk about things like joggers high and and uh, and so on yeah the in- yeah that relates to the endorphins and uh, other chemicals that are released in the brain um mm. more so on the side of of what you know this podcast is related to though is the the release of other chemicals known as growth factors in the brain and they help basically well you basically produce new brain cells and better connections between those brain cells so it helps you with better cognitive functioning making decisions and things like that so not too much totally relates to creativity but an enhanced brain shall we say is yes going to be a good good thing well that's always good so so okay so when i think of growth factors i think so i know of like insulin like growth factor um yeah that's one uh, of them, yep. which uh, which has been related so people who've heard of this fasting diet um which has become quite popular recently will have possibly heard that that relates to reducing levels of uh, insulin like insulin like growth factor um which uh which supposedly is is useful for weight loss as well as reduction in certain other aging related uh, problems um but i haven't previously thought about growth factors affecting the brain and neuronal con- connections um so tell me a bit more about that yeah so there's not many things that can can cross you have a basically you have a sieve around the brain mm. if you think it, of it it's the is it the blood brain blood brain yeah. barrier is it, it is yeah. yeah so it has has little holes in it and only certain things can cross uh, now these growth factors can be made in the brain they can also be made outside the brain mm. and it can cross that that sieve that uh, blood brain barrier mm. and once inside the brain they drive uh, basically it's called neuroplasticity it's the changing in the brain if you mm. think of like the putty we used to have when we were younger uh, you're just sticking more putty on top and you, you're adding to the to the brain so you're adding more gray matter which is the cells mm. actual brain cells and then you're adding more white matter which is the uh, the links basically between those cells mm. so they you get quicker functioning so people that uh, perform exercise uh, there's different so aerobic and, and resistance training they have similar qualities that, that they enhance in the brain. They also have s- slightly different ones, but basically you're going to get better executive functioning, which is basically making decisions. And memory recall can be increased, but it's also the the growth factors that are released into the brain. It's it's like giving your brain a bath. It's cleaning it. It's it's keeping it healthy. So mm. there's a lot of uh, a lot of positives that come from exercise and. Uh, any basically any exercise as long as it's exercise not just 
walking around the block like a leisurely walk as long as it's it doesn't have to be really vigorous but it has to get your heart rate elevated mm. uh, any exercise seems to be beneficial some more exercise or more frequently should we say is is better than less frequently mm. but, but there'll be a ceiling point but uh, yeah it's it's very good so if you were is it, so let's say you were you were doing a training plan for somebody um, via yeah, through refined performance uh, and they came to you and said you know that I want to get physically fit but also um, I'm concerned about being mentally fitter because uh, you know I've got exams coming up or I have uh, a very challenging new job and I have to learn loads for it um, would there be so the stuff I talk about the sort of mental activities that people can do to train certain elements of the brain uh, so I talk about um, using things like meditation and mindfulness using games and drills which involve uh, mental agility and so on in order to train elements of the brain um would you what would be the the ideal way to intersperse physical activities with that would that be so for example uh would it be useful to say right before you're about to do uh some work on training say uh, fluency so uh, the ability to churn out lots of different possibilities it would be a good idea before that to go to the gym and do you know 20 minutes of of, uh, of hard cardiovascular uh, exercise or, or or would there not be such a strong connection between those two things uh yeah there were there yeah there is a connection um i would if if someone was asked well, like if you came to me and asked this, I would suggest you go and do the exercise and then you would apply yourself, say, an hour or two after that to uh, to reap the best benefits, should we say. Um, hmm. Memory recall after exercise ha- ha- has been, sorry, exercise has been shown to increase memory recall. Um, but I actually just, I read a research paper yesterday that said, uh, well, that basically uh, they compared straight after exercise and two hours after exercise both had positive impacts but the the people that did memory recall uh, two hours after exercising had a, a better result than those which than those straight after exercise which which makes sense considering mm. you know you're going to be a bit tired after you've exercised and plus when the body releases chemicals it's not it's not going to be like adrenaline yeah so you've got to give it a little bit of time to take effect mm. that's that's really interesting so so if so say somebody is studying for for an exam the argument would be that they should go to the gym uh, yeah first thing in the morning say then give themselves a bit of time off to recover have a nice breakfast and uh, and sort of get the glucose back in their system and so on and then hour two hours afterwards sit down to do a study session yeah pretty much yeah and that will there'll be more of it do you do you have to to hand the 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 difference that was made in terms of recall, recall? I don't have it to hand. I could find out for you. <laughs> um, I can email be... you if you're doing any show notes. I can, I can, I can give you the paper, the link to the paper. That'd be really good because it, it's just curious to know. Um, because frequently, uh, when people think of uh, of mental activity, they they very rarely consider the physical side of it. And uh, and we know, for example, that that going for a walk. So walking meetings that have become quite quite popular. Not only is it good for your health uh, because you're sitting less, but uh, people tend to 
behave differently in terms of their, their mental function. They, they will be more fluent. They tend to be more likely to come up with, uh, with new suggestions. And, and there's also a degree of, um, of, of, I suppose it's, it might be considered a reaction to being physically freer that people also mentally are, are freer but you're not sort of stuck in the sort of the space that you're in the office space inside these four walls you're outside you're moving and there's somehow somehow that changes the way the brain works yeah i am um, i mean i so i train a lot of executives um, and they basically in meetings all day they're sitting down all day and so you have something called neat which is non uh, non-exercise activity thermogenesis it's basically so can you say that again that's <laughs> that's sorry non-exercise <laughs> activity thermogenesis uh-huh. which is basically it's the energy you burn or the you know the calories you would burn when you're just walking around so it's subconscious energy uh-huh. which is why some people tend to be skinnier than others um, some people have a higher higher level of neat so they will if you if you right. feed a typically skinny person if you feed them a lot you'll see that they'll actually move a lot and it's not they have a faster metabolism they just have more it's subconscious they'll just move more because the body doesn't like having that extra energy they don't want to store the extra energy so they'll burn it off so when you talk about so that well there's um uh, endomorphs exomorphs and what's the third one there's, mes- there's endomorph, ectomorph, and mesomorph. There you go, e- 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 ectomorph. Uh, so e- yeah, it's e- e- yeah. So ectomorphs are the skinny people. It's but you can still be. You can we're going off on a little tangent here, yeah. but you can still be skinny fat. Um, so it's they 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 do encompass the different body types. But um, what I was getting to with the neat is yeah. that I will tell the executives I have. If you're in, if you're having a phone conference or a phone meeting, then you're on your feet. Anytime you have a, f- a phone to your ear, you have to stand up, or you have to. Walk. If you're on a mobile phone, that's great because you can walk around. Mm. Um, so I, I tell them this because it burns extra calories. So if they're if they're having meetings for f- four hours a day and are walking around for four hours a day, you're going to be burning more calories. Right. But obviously, that that in itself, like you said, it it, it does drive more mental capacity and you're seeing that more now with standing desks uh, mm. with treadmill desks and things like that yeah treadmill desks which i've heard yeah. about which i originally <laughs> thought was some kind of joke somebody's got like a treadmill under their desk yeah no, but it's, I... it's a very slow moving treadmill <laughs> yeah it's not like they're they're running a marathon every day yeah, yeah, um yeah. which by the way just as, as another aside did you read the news about eddie Izzard has done completed 27 marathons in 27 days yeah that's He's going to remember everything for, for the rest of his life, I would assume. Yeah. I'm sure his feet will as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, so this relationship between movement and mental activity, is there um, much uh, science behind that? Do we, have we done sort of fMRI uh, work where we've, we've looked at what happens in the brain and uh, during during physical activity, during uh, not necessarily during sport, because then you're kind of focused on a um, a set of rules in a game you're playing. But if it's just something an unstructured form of physical activity like running or or uh, or or just lifting weights, is there have they done many studies on that kind of stuff? I, I don't have any to hand, but I have 
through the grapevine, I have heard about, uh, so if you do slow, basically, let's say you're sitting on a, an exercise bike and just pedaling slowly, mm-hmm. for example, you can, I've heard, retain more information from that. If you're reading a book or even watching a, uh, an inf- informative video or listening, listening to a podcast, whatever you are doing, uh-huh. um, I have, I don't have any studies to hand. I can, I'll have a look for you and see what I can find, but um, right. I have heard through reputable sources should we say that yes that can occur See, that's that's fascinating to me because what we're kind of getting towards here is is a deeper understanding of the connection between the brain and the body um and and people so i mean i know a few scraps about sort of well, people talking about the the gut being your second brain for example because there are uh, you know neurons uh, essentially i might be mangling this but there are neurons in the gut um, and there are um, so you, you, there is a, there is a relationship gut health and mental health that people who who have uh, gut related disorders tend to also suffer more um, mental health issues. Um, and yeah, yeah, linked to you have um, yeah basically hormones. So if you've have you heard of serotonin? Yes, yes. So yeah, when, when of... people who are depressed, they they give them reuptake yeah. serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Yeah, most of it's produced in the gut. Mm. So, um, yeah, if you have an impaired gut or, or issues in the gut, then yeah, that could that can cause a well, obviously cause issues with the brain because serotonin has to go. Most serotonin's produced in the gut. Mm. I think 80, 80 to ninety percent. I think. Uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. It, then it has to travel to the brain. So yes, it's gonna. It's bizarre to think that it's made in the gut and then goes to the brain. You you think, know, yeah. why is it not made more locally? That's. <laughs> it, it will be. There is some made locally, but um, there's conversions of things. So if you take in uh, tryptophan, which is an amino acid, it has to be converted to another chemical called 5-HTP, which right. then gets converted to serotonin. So even though you know you're taking in the building blocks of serotonin in your food, hmm. it does also have to be converted. So that that occurs, that can't occur in the um, to, to a large extent in the brain as, right. as it can in the gut. Okay, now that makes a lot of sense. So, so I know of that, and and um, and and thank you for providing the detail on the vague memory that I, <laughs> that I have. Um, there's also elements to do with um, how the nervous system responds to inactivity in terms of electrical uh, activity in in sort of the lower body. So I I read a, I remember reading a very terrifying infographic about how if I sit for more than two minutes a day I'm gonna die um, yeah. <laughs> and it's essentially it was but one of the things it talked about was this relationship uh, between uh, non-moving uh, lower body and and sort of electrical activity in the nervous system and uh, do, you, do you have any uh, do you remember or know of anything to do with this that you can maybe put some structure around my vague recollections uh, not about electrical activity but i know s- sitting for long periods can lead to d- decreased uh, what we call it uh, glucose utilization so and your brain runs off glucose so right. unless you're unless you're in ketosis and you're running off ketones for any of those who know about that but yes you need glucose to run the brain you need glucose so it's it's i tried everyone i work with at least uh, every hour i try to get them just to get up go and get a glass of water just it doesn't have to be you, know, you don't have to get up and go for a walk for 20 minutes it's just that process of getting up from your desk going and getting a drink you know that's walking that's moving your blood around that's that's that helps with the with the process 
So when you say it helps with the process, are we saying here that um, by moving the body more, you're increasing glucose availability to the brain? I don't know. I couldn't say that for sure <laughs> in mm. the sense that uh, I would have something to back it up, but it's basically whole body glucose utilization. So it's 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 the it's the the body using it basically not so much I wouldn't say so much just the brain okay uh, so you're yeah. increasing the amount of glucose the entire body uses when you move even to, if it's to an extent amount. yeah to an extent but also the uh, the proficiency of that shall we say so you get more you, you don't uh, you don't lower the uh, the proficiency of the bo- of, of the body using that glucose whereas if if for example, someone who moves more is going to be and, and is more active than someone who's obese. You know, they have a better they could, they have a better way of, of using glucose, should we say? Ah, uh, yeah. So to I think it, I get keep it saying. simple. Yeah. Yeah. So so I've so what I've learned about with with this was uh, the way in which people who are overweight, um, the body tends to store glucose as fat rather than using it for energy there is you you get i think they described it as lazy fat cells or something where where essentially your fat cells don't want to convert to glucose in fact your body wants to just you know add more to them rather than uh, rather than use the energy that that you've you've consumed in your food yeah you've you've to an extent uh, but basically you would store fat unless you are really overeating um, and significantly overeating you're mm. not you're not generally you're not going to turn carbohydrates to fat um, you, basically you'll store fat and you will um, you'll use the carbohydrates for energy um, but you can get for example obese and diabetes or type 2 diabetes which is tend to go hand in hand mm. uh, by just eating fat doesn't doesn't carbohydrates aren't the, the enemy should we say it's the actual overeating um, so yeah in a way it's it's it, the, it, the, the overeating drives the obesity which drives other diseases that come with that in mm. hand in hand with that okay. um, yeah so it's but the, the brain needs fat as well well it's, well it needs omega-3 fats yeah. so yeah it needs good fats as well to well, function properly so the only thing I know about the brain and fats is that the uh, that the, neuro- the the connections between neurons are lined with um, uh, are essentially um, coated in 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 fat. There's like a like yeah. a fatty substance, and the bigger the thicker the coating, the more effective um, the uh, the the transmission is. Yeah, so it's it's called a myelin sheath uh, that so- covers. Yeah, it's so childish that I giggled at that. <laughs> but it, yeah, it covers it covers the the nerve cell, and that's so. If you think that's so, if you think about grey matter and white matter in the brain, uh, so grey is the cells, white is the connections between the cells. That's the fatty sheath between the cells. It sends all of the um, all of the signals basically from cell to cell. It carries the signals. Right. So I, I feel like I feel like we covered a lot to do with exercise in the brain, um, and so I suppose because you know I'm sure that this is overwhelming mentally for, for the people listening. If you're finding if you're listening to this and you're struggling to keep up, go for a walk, um, yes. and <laughs> actually do some exercise. Listen to this again in a couple of hours, and you're going to remember a lot more of it. Um, uh, but 
I found that. Uh, I found the paper. Oh yes. Is named aerobic exercise and creative potential, immediate and residual effects. Ooh, brilliant! So that's going to be in the show notes, which means I have to learn how to make show notes. Um, so that's fine. That's good. So the last question that I'm I'm going to try and make a thing that I ask in all my podcasts uh, is simply. Um, the hard, not complicated approach to, to creativity essentially says that we sometimes overcomplicate things in order to avoid you know, the hard work that, that is required to change the way you perform. Um, and in my case, when we're talking about performing creatively. Um, so could you give us an example of, of something that's hard, not complicated about physical performance and, and improving your physical health and, uh, and well-being? Yeah, well, I think most people... Well, most people that I that I work with uh, come to me for either fat loss or performance enhancement in a, in or around a sport, and, and and everyone tends to wants to do the the, the newest fad or find some pill or potion, mm. you know, the, to to shortcut things. Yeah, like mm. like we're talking before we started recording about uh, like hacking their way to to things quicker, and it's it's really really simple. Nutrition is simple. If you, as long as you eat, you know, the bulk of bulk of your food should be unprocessed, healthy proteins, healthy fats, um, you know, fish, uh, chicken, you know, lean lean meats, mm. uh, root vegetables, fruits. You know, as long as you don't overeat on those, which is if you keep if you're sticking to that framework, it's it's quite hard to overeat. Mm. Uh, and then with training. I mean, I predominantly use resistance training, but for the for the for the terms of this podcast, it seems that a mixture of aerobic and either anaerobic, which is use without oxygen, think uh, sprinting up a hill, uh, or resistance training with weights, they both give slightly different, similar but also slightly different uh, results in in brain health. Mm-hmm. So and it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be hard. Pick a handful of exercises, for example, a squat or a split squat, a push up, um, a chin up. If you can't do a chin up, so you could do any any exercise that you're pulling a weight towards your body, like a seated row. You know, you just have to pick a handful of exercises, and then you can if you enjoy aerobic exercise, go for a jog, go on a rower, go on the bike, do you know ten to thirty minutes of. It doesn't need to be vigorous, but it needs to. You need to be sweating, and you need to raise your heart rate. Mm. And that is as simple as it gets, and you'll get results out of that. It does not need to be complicated. Fantastic. <laughs> it's hard because you have to stick to it. Right. So that's what I was going to say. Probably when I think about what's hard about the hard, not complicated approach, it is pretty much the the discipline, the uh, the the changing of habits exactly. that uh, that takes time. There's no shortcut to uh, to having a new uh, a new habit uh, for how you live your life that that's something that just needs you to and you can there are ways to support you in doing that there are ways to um, make it easier for you to stick to, to changes but in the end it still requires um, you to make good choices regularly 
yeah. uh, to, 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 to back this up. Well, I think this has been a really, really interesting conversation. I, I feel like there's so much more we can cover. Um, and uh, I will add to the show notes, um, which I'm going to learn how to make. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll set you a new task now. Sorry. <laughs> uh, your, uh, your, your, uh, um, your website, because I think people may want to have a look and, and find out uh, about you. So they can go to www.refinedperformance.com, um, yeah, yes? Yes, and uh, they can find you there and sign up for your your newsletter, which is really informative. And um, and of course, uh, can they find you anywhere else? Can they find you on Twitter? Do you are you uh, uh, around? Uh, I am. Yeah, uh, it's R E F Performance on Twitter and Instagram, and I think it's Refine Perform on Facebook. Which I should have kept them the same across the board, but I didn't do very well uh, that task. <laughs> but they're all on the website. If, yeah. if someone goes to the website, there's links to them all on there. So yeah, that's that's probably the easiest way to find it. Fantastic. Well, I say thank you very much for being here. I hope that the listeners have enjoyed learning how uh, physical physical fitness and and mental fitness go hand in hand. And um, well, well, I'm sure we'll do do more of these in the future. There's a lot more to cover. Definitely. Definitely. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. No problem. And there you have it. That was the Hard Not Complicated podcast. I hope you learned something. I absolutely certainly did. Uh, I will myself be making sure that if I need to remember something, I go for a, a run an hour and a half beforehand. Um, and I think there is a lot to delve into. So so I, I, I think you can expect there to be further conversations with Chris please look him up please look up his website he is a very clever chap and uh, and if you're interested in becoming physically fit whilst you become creatively fit which i recommend um you should certainly go look at his uh, look at what he has to offer and that is today's show thank you for listening um if you're interested in Learning more, you can find me on Patreon, where you can support this show and get access to some really cool stuff uh, if you if you patronise me. Um, and of course, check out the website, check out the blog, listen, read, talk, tell people, and be creative, because uh, we need the creativity of everyone in, in this world, everyone, including you, including you, whoever you are. Cheerio. Hey, you thought we were done, didn't you? Uh, well, here's a little bonus game for you. Try saying blood brain barrier three times fast. Blood brain barrier, blood brain barrier. Blood, blood, blood brain barrier. Blood. Obviously, I can do it. I'm just.